Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Well, we've been in a series that we've called Life on the Edge, and today we are concluding that series. It's been four parts, and we've been taking the word edge and using it as an acronym. And so each week's message has be, has started with a letter in the word edge, and we're going to continue that today so you won't be disappointed. Come on, somebody. Uh, and And... This has really all been based on something that Jesus said in Matthew 16, and it's so funny because Aaron came up here and, and uh, transitioned us out of worship, and he shared the verses that have really been the theme verses, and one particular part out of it that we've been honing in on, which is where when Jesus said to follow me, that if, if, you, if you dig into that word, part of it, if you read the Amplified Bible, it says that part of that is conforming to his example of living. So in other words, when you're following after Jesus, you are going to change. How many of you know that whenever you're following after Jesus, somebody's going to change and it's not going to be Jesus? <laughs> you're going to change and you're going, as you follow after him, things are going to begin to shift and things are going to be able to change in your life. And so this is part of Jesus' instruction that was included in his call to follow him. And so we see in the Bible, we read stories and parables and instructions that I believe are meant for us to apply to the way that we live our lives as followers of Jesus. And so we've been looking at some examples. And in part one, we talked about being emptied of ourselves. And we looked at John's statement that Jesus must become greater and we must become less. In part two, we talked about a few things that we should do differently as followers of Jesus regarding how we think and what we say and how we live, that those things actually do matter the way that we think and what we say and how we live and then part three last week we talked about how each one of us has been given a gift and we're instructed to use that gift to serve each other to serve each use it well to serve each other and so part of what we're going to do tonight if you haven't gotten signed up for next steps you can still go on the app get registered so we know that you're coming and uh, be here tonight at five o'clock because part of what we're going to do is is go through some spiritual gifts and hopefully help you maybe discover what God's put on the inside of you that you can begin to use to serve other people and and serve and move the kingdom of God forward, see people come to faith in Christ. Amen. So today, as we conclude this series, I want to talk to you uh, about this subject, and I've titled this message: Embrace God's Will. Embrace God's Will. So as we think about the way that we live our lives, has anybody ever wanted to know what the will of God is for your life? <laughs> you, ever, you ever been sitting down in your prayer time and you just thought, you know, I just wonder what, God, I just want to know your will. I just want to know your will. And there are two different aspects to that, and we're not going to get in that today, and it'd probably be good to do a series on that, the subjective will and the objective will of God. But today... Uh, if you've asked this question before, what is God's will for my life? I want to point you in the direction uh, of one little passage of scripture, just three verses that we're going to hone in on today that are going to give us some insight and we're going to talk about it. And uh, what, what's interesting to me is there are several places in the Bible, and we're not going to look at them all today, but there are several places in the Bible that specifically tell us what the will of God is for our lives. You can read your Bible 
and know. Now, listen, we all, like, God has a specific thing, I believe, that, that he calls each one of us, and he's gifted each one of us to do, and, and things like that. But there are specific instances in the word of God where you can see this is the will of God for you. This is the will of God for you. And so we're going to look at one of those today. And uh, I want to bring light to this specific part of scripture. And so we're going to begin in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And Paul is giving some instructions for how these believers should conduct themselves and, and live their lives. What they, some things they should be doing. And uh, there are a few things right in the center of what he says that I want to focus on. So this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 starting in verse 16. And these verses are not very long. In verse 16 it says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is what? God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So what, I just want to know what the will of God is for my life. Can I tell you today that, that part of the will of God for your life is that you would always be joyful, that you would never stop praying, and that you would be thankful in every circumstance. And I want to talk about these three things for just a few minutes today, if you'll allow me the time. Because I believe that, that many of us, we can read this, and we can, we, can, we can look at this and think, wow, I need to have joy, I need to, be, I need to be prayerful, I need to be thankful in all circumstances. But we don't apply this all the time. We struggle in these areas a lot of the time. right? We, we go through life and we get frustrated, things happen, tragedy happens, you know. Uh, we, we move up in, in a position or something like that, and all of these things have a, a way of deterring us and really, if you want to get technical, getting us out of the will of God in this area. That if the will of God is to always be joyful and to never stop praying, to be thankful in all circumstances, then we need to dive into this and apply this to our lives so that we can be in God's will for our lives. And so I think that God's will is reflected in these three statements in these verses. One study shows that at the end of verse 18, it probably is including all three of these things. So you can study this and you can say, well, that's only applying to one, that's only applying to this. One study that, that I was studying on said that, no, I, they really believe that it applies to all three of these things. That God is saying, this is my will for your life. This is part of it right here, that, you would, that, you, that we would see these three things in our lives. And so we could flip the wording just a little bit and we could say it this way that God's desire and will for your life as a follower of Jesus is that you would always be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. Well, God, I want to be a light everywhere I go. Always be joyful. <laughs> I just want to shine your light everywhere I go. And, and God would say, always be joyful. There's nothing like shining a light. There's nothing like joy in your life that will shine a light in a dark place. Well, God, I'm really not sure what to do right now in this situation. Here's what God would say. Never stop praying. <laughs> I'm really not sure where to go and what decision to make. And God would say, never stop praying. Well, God, my current situation is a difficult one. You know what he would say? Be thankful in it. My current situation really stinks right now. Be thankful in that situation. What do you have to be thankful for in that situation? So what I want to do with the rest of our time is I want to break down these three things and so that we can walk out of here today and we can be ready to embrace God's will in these areas of our lives. So here's point number one, and we're just going to take each one of these things and talk about it for a moment. Number one is always be joyful. 
God's will for our lives is that we would always be joyful. And I want to, we're going to go through a lot of scripture today. A lot of scripture today because I want this to get in your heart. That it's God's will for you to be joyful. That it's God's will for you to never stop praying. And that it's God's will that you would be thankful in every circumstance, in every situation. So if, if you read through the letters that Paul wrote, he has a lot to say about the importance of joy. Anybody ever read, you know, some of the stuff that Paul wrote in the Bible? You ever read your Bible? <laughs> if your answer to that is no, <laughs> then we might need to talk about something else, all right? You should read your Bible. There's a lot, especially Paul, he has a lot to say about joy in the life of a believer. That there should be joy. And I want to read just a few of these because Romans 14, we'll start there. It tells us that joy is one of the most important things in the kingdom of God. It says it this way. In the kingdom of God, eating and drinking are not important. The important things are what? Living right with God, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Anyone who serves Christ by living this way is pleasing God and will be accepted by other people. I find that interesting, will be accepted by other people. This is just a little side note. Uh, people have a tendency to enjoy you more whenever you are joyful. <laughs> whenever you are living full of joy in your life, other people have a tendency to enjoy you more. That was free. Joy, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. We see Galatians 5, many of us, we, we know this, we can quote this from memory, but it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us. In other words, the result of God living on the inside of you is this, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. There's a message for somebody. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 2, it says, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I think this is a beautiful picture. If you really... If you pay attention to what you are reading in these few verses, he writes and he says, we joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Anybody joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory? We are looking forward to it. We are joyful about it. And then right after that, immediately after that, he says, oh, and by the way, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. What? I joyfully look forward to sharing in his glory, but I don't want anything to do with the trials and the troubles and the tribulation that comes with life. But he says, but we can rejoice too. In other words, you can choose to have joy in your life. You can be joyful when you look forward to what's coming in the future and sharing in God's glory, but you can also be joyful right now in the trial and the tribulation and the struggle that's going on in your life. You, you got to learn how to have, you got to learn how to, how to, how to tap into the joy of the spirit in your life when, when things are not going well. How to live with joy when things are not everything that you think that they ought to be. 
It's this picture of being joyful as we think about sharing God's glory, but also being joyful when we run into problems and trials. I think about it this way. You might be saying, well, can you believe, you know, you ever heard this before? Can you, can you believe what's going on in the world today? Can you just believe what's going on in the world today? And, and I think this would be, this would be the response. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it great that God has us here to be a light during this time? <laughs> you know what most of us, most of us are walking around. Can you believe what's going on in the world today? Boy, I know. I mean, it's just terrible. Did you hear, read the news the other day? Did you see what that person said the other day? Did you see what that politician said the other day? Did you see what our president said the other day? Did you see what that leader said the other day? Did you see what's going on in the world today? And I think that the answer, that if you were to ask, you know, Paul's writing this in, in Romans, and, and I would think if you were to ask Paul or if you were to ask the Holy Spirit today, like, do you, do you see what's going on in the world today? Yeah, isn't it great that I put you here for such a time as this to be a light in a dark world when everything seems like it's going chaotic we need to be joyful well can you believe what they're saying about you yeah isn't it such a privilege to share in Christ's suffering so that I can also share in his glory right we don't we don't like this part what did you hear what they said about you yeah isn't it awesome that I get to suffer for Christ <laughs> didn't you hear what What's going on and what's rumored? Yeah, isn't it awesome that they're talking about me and I just get this opportunity to suffer for Jesus right now at this time in my life? We don't, we don't think about it that way. But listen, there's a reason to be joyful. Paul says, always be joyful. What is God's will for your life? That you would always be joyful. No matter what, that there would always be joy. Have you ever, have you ever been around uh, one, or have you ever wanted to be around or connect with someone who was miserable, negative, and woeful? It's like, sign me up to be friends with that person, right? They're just negative. There's miserable, woe is me attitude all the time, right? They live miserable all the time. They always, they only bring out the negative in every situation. <laughs> Some of y'all right now are thinking like, oh, that might be me. I don't know. <laughs> like, I just had this woe is me. <laughs> just have this woe is me attitude. We don't have a tendency to want to be around like, I want to do life with that person. The person that always sees the negative, the person that is always the, the victim, the person that always has the woe is me attitude. And as followers of Jesus, we should be the most joyful people on the planet. You should have more joy than anybody. Like, it should be a, like, who can be the most joyful? Because I'm a follower of Jesus, right? We it's because we know that no matter what we go through, God is with us, God is for us. We have an eternal hope. You can even read it. Listen, Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful. Why? Because you have hope. Be joyful because you have hope. Be patient when trouble comes and pray at all times. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Be joyful because you have hope. If for no other reason, we can always be joyful because we have hope in Jesus. And I wonder how many people would be intrigued by our faith if we lived always joyful. I wonder how many people would be intrigued to wonder, what is it that has you in this place where you are always joyful? Like, no matter what happens, you're just always joyful. Your response is always joyful. The way that you, you just bounce into work, always joyful. 
many more people would be intrigued by what it is that you say you believe and who it is that you say you're following if you lived your life from a place of always being joyful. There's a story in Nehemiah, the story of Nehemiah, and I would encourage you to read it. It's a great story. And uh, a lot of people use it to talk about leadership. And there's this wall around Jerusalem that's been rebuilt. And right after that, the people begin to return to Jerusalem. And when the people have gathered there, there's one, we quote this, but the people have gathered back. The wall has been rebuilt. The people are gathering back in this place because they've been scattered abroad. And in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, Nehemiah continues and, and he says this to the people. He says, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. And listen what he says. Don't be dejected or sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. And a lot of times we just quote the last part of that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Fruit of the Spirit, joy. The result of who's living on the inside of you, joy. Your strength as you walk through life and as you endure hardship and trial and tribulation, your strength, joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So part of embracing the will of God for your life is for you to always be joyful. Here's point number two. It's to never stop praying. Never stop praying. And we would, we would read that and we think, <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever stop praying. And some translations say to pray constantly. And I want to talk about this for just a moment. The, the original word that's used here for never stop or for constantly is a word that means incessantly incessantly that you would incessantly pray and so I looked up because if you're like me you read the word incessantly and you're like you I might need to find out what the word incessantly means so that I can understand what it's talking about incessantly means without interruption or constantly without interruption or constantly and as I was thinking about Paul's instruction for us to pray incessantly the best example that I could think up, the best example that I felt like the Lord gave me is kind of a funny example. But have you ever, do you remember when you first started dating? If you're married or you've been dating somebody for a while, do you remember when you first started dating? I remember when we first started dating and we would fall asleep on the phone, right? You'd wake up the next morning, your phone was, it's back when flip phones were the thing, right? Anybody have a Motorola Razor? Come on, somebody, where, all the Motorola Razor people. You would, your phone would be open and we'd be talking on the phone and we would fall asleep. You know, just listen to each other breathe on the phone, right? <laughs> Wake up the next morning to get ready for work, and the phone's still connected, you know? It's like, I better, I better hang up. But what, what is interesting to me is if you, have you ever been around somebody who is just, they just started dating? You ever notice how the conversation goes when you try to talk about something with somebody who's just so in love? And just so, you know, they're just so infatuated with this person that is in their life, right? You're like, boy, I'm just so excited about the baseball season that's coming up. And they're like, yeah, my boyfriend plays baseball. And I just love to go watch him play baseball. It's just the greatest thing. I love when baseball season comes around, right? It's like you can't have a conversation and it not come back to their relationship. <laughs> like every conversation you have, every question you ask, every comment you make, they're like, whoo, just bringing it back around. <laughs> Just bringing it back around to this relationship, bringing it back around to my family, bringing it back around, right? Anybody ever been so, you're, you're just proud of your family, you're proud of your, your, your marriage, and you're proud of your kids, and, 
And every conversation you have, you bring it right back on around to your kids, right? You're like, you know, boy, I'm just so excited for the summer. Yeah, I just love watching my kids play soccer in the summer, you know, just... It's because you care, and it's because you love them, and it's because you are, like, there's no room for anything else, really, in your life. It's like all of your thoughts, all of your, all of these things, it all comes back to this. It all comes back to this one thing. Well, it's kind of that way when I believe, I believe it's kind of that way when Paul says to never stop praying. It's this idea, it's a picture that, This instruction means that everything that happens in your life brings you back to a place of prayer. That anything that happens in your life, it brings you back to a place of prayer. It's it's almost like, you know, that that person, they're like, well, I just... You know, I just can't wait for the new Marvel movie to come out. And they're like, yeah, I just remember when the first Marvel movie came out. That's our first day, you know, whenever. And it just always comes back to that, no matter what. It's a picture that no matter what happens in your life and no matter what you face and no matter how good things are or how bad things are, that it all comes back to prayer. Like, I need to pray. I need conversation with God in this moment. I think that is the best picture that I could give you of what it means, I think, when Paul said, and never stop praying. This is God's will for your life, that you would never stop praying. That everything that happens in your life, that it would all come back to prayer. That it would remind you to pray. That it would be your natural response. Because of your connection and your relationship and your intimacy with God. That everything that happened in your life would bring you back to a place of prayer. That as you're driving down the road, that person cuts you off, I need to pray. Now, some of our prayers would be, get them. <laughs> get them, Lord. <laughs> don't, act like you're, don't act like you're so holy that you don't wish. Don't act like you're so holy that when somebody passes you, you don't hope that you see them five miles down the road pulled over. <laughs> but it's a picture. It's a mental attitude of prayerfulness all the time. It's a, it's a picture of your relationship with God and conversation with him being continual and not just occasional. Not just an occasional thing that you come back to, but that it's a continual thing. That everything in my life, Lord, I just thank you for, I was telling her, telling uh, Amanda yesterday, I believe it was, and I, I said, I said there was something that happened and I was looking out our window and it just made me think like I just wanted to give thanks to God and, and just wanted to take a moment and pray. And, and it's, it's, having that, it's having that attitude, having that mindset, having that heart, that connected, that intimacy with God that no matter what happens, it reminds me to pray. When, when I see God blessing me in some way, it reminds me to, to pray. It reminds me to, to have a conversation with him. A great way to sum up this point in one sentence might be this. is to pray constantly means humble submission to God in the details of life. That in every detail of life, I'm submitted to God. In every detail of life, when it's good, I'm submitted to God. And I'm just in relationship with him. And I'm so thankful. I'm so prayerful. I just have this mindset that everything brings me back to prayer. I'm submitted to God. Whenever, whenever things are bad, I'm still submitted to God. And I, just, I, need to, I need conversation with God. I need to pray about this. Part of embracing the will of God for your life is to never stop praying. It's an awareness that everywhere you go, you're in his presence. That everywhere you go... He's with you. That the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And so everywhere that you go, you have him. And you're in his presence. Here's number three. is to be thankful in all circumstances. 
God's will for your life is that you would always be joyful, that you would never stop praying, and that you would be thankful in all circumstances. As followers of Jesus, I think that we should be marked by thankfulness. It should be a mark, not an occasional thing. We should be marked. That when people think about that person is a Christian, they are following Jesus, they are a believer, whatever term you want to put on it. That is a person that is so thankful. That is a person that sees what God is doing in their life, that sees that even in the good or even in the bad, they're thankful. God is there. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4, I want to read you just a few scriptures. It says, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Ephesians 5.20, always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.7, keep your roots deep in him and have your lives built on him. Be strong in the faith just as you were taught and what? Always be thankful. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Colossians 4.2, continue praying, keeping alert, and always thanking God. And we could read scripture after scripture after scripture where we are instructed to be thankful. If we're instructed to be thankful, that must mean that there's something to be thankful for. That even in the difficult seasons, even in the difficult life circumstances, even in the trial and the tribulation and the hard time and the problem and the issue that you don't want to deal with, there's always something to be thankful for. Always be thankful. And what I want to do as we kind of wrap this up, I want to, I want to give you a few reasons to be thankful. I want to give you a few reasons from the Word of God that in every circumstance, if Paul said, you know what, you need to be thankful in all circumstances. This is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. That you have something to be thankful for. That we all have something to be thankful for regardless of what it looks like around us. Romans chapter 8, 28. Come on, we know this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We can be thankful in the midst of everything. Anything. Every situation. Every circumstance. God, I'm just thankful in the middle of this that you always work everything together for the good of those who love you are called according to your purpose. You're working, God, I'm so thankful right now, you're working everything together for good. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, it says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away and each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. In the midst of anything going on in your life, you know what you can be thankful for? You know what I can be thankful for? Oh, I feel weak right now, but I'm going to boast in my weakness because when I'm weak, he is strong. When I'm weak, then his strength works through me. Sometimes when we're at the end of our rope and we feel the weakest, that's when God can finally step in and take over. You have a reason to be thankful. Romans 8, 38 and 39, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. 
Neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord, come on, is anybody thankful today at church that nothing can separate you from the love of God? We have a reason to be thankful in all circumstances. I'll go ahead and bring the worship team back up. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ Jesus is revealed to the whole world. Maybe you've never thought about this, but you have a reason to be thankful because the trials and the persecution that you face in life it proves the genuineness of your faith. And I would submit to you this, if it's a faith that has never been tested, how do you know that it's genuine faith? What if we were thankful in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of trial, and we thought about it from this perspective, that this thing right now that I'm facing, whatever I'm walking through right now, it is producing genuine faith within me. It is showing that my faith is genuine. And here's something that I'm sure we can all agree that we are thankful for. It's John three sixteen. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We can be thankful for the gift of Jesus and the eternal life that he has promised to those who believe in him. Listen to me. In the midst of every situation and every circumstance, how, how can you be thankful? How can, we, how can we truly be in the will of God in this area of our lives that we're always being joyful, we're never, never ceasing to pray, that we're always in an attitude of prayer, and that we have thankfulness in every circumstance. It's because there's something to be thankful for. There's someone to be thankful for. When we read Paul's instruction for Christians to be thankful in all circumstances, I think our minds tend to drift to all the reasons why this is a hard thing to do. Anybody ever read this and thought, that's a hard thing to do? Our mind, we read that and a lot of, come on, let's be honest today. How many of you read this and you just went on, you just, you just kept on reading. You were like, mm, on to verse 19. <laughs> because you thought that's a hard thing to, do. I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how you can be joyful all the time and how you can live your life in an attitude of prayer, always being aware of God's presence and how you can be thankful in every circumstance. And for some of us, you may have a legitimate reason as to why this is difficult for you because you've experienced something in your life that was hard and maybe even a tragedy. But I'm telling you today that Paul would not have written that this is God's will for you to always be joyful, never stop praying and be thankful in every circumstance if you didn't have something to be thankful for. 
there's always something to be thankful for. What if instead of our minds going to all the reasons why this is difficult for us to do, what if we renewed our minds to remember all of God's promises? What would it look like if you, were, if you renewed your mind with the word of God, with all of God's promises, to where when something difficult happened in your life, instead of you thinking about all of the bad and all of the negative, you began to think about God's promises? What would it look like for you and I as followers of Jesus that when something, when trial, when tribulation, when hard time hit us, that our initial thought pattern went to how faithful God is and how good God is and every promise that he has promised us? What would it look like for you to renew your mind so that in those moments you were immediately reminded of all his promises for you? Did you know you can do that? You can do that? That you can renew your mind. You're going to have to get in the word. You're going to have to read your Bible. You're going to have to dig in. You're going to have to do the work. But God can renew your mind through his word so that in every circumstance, you can be the person that is always joyful always in an attitude of prayer and is thankful in every situation because you know who you are in Christ. You know what he's promised you. You know what his promises are over your life. And so your mind immediately goes there. Will you stand to your feet today? I think it's time that we embrace the will of God for our lives in this way as Christians that we begin to live always joyful and with a prayerful attitude, aware of God's presence throughout our day and thankful in every circumstance. This is God's will for your life. For every person who is in Christ Jesus, for every believer, every follower of Jesus, here's what, here's what the Holy Spirit, I believe, is telling us today. You're called to live your life with joy, aware of God's presence everywhere you go in an attitude of prayer, so connected to Him, so intimate with Him, in a deep relationship with Him. And His will for your life is that in every circumstance, you would be thankful. You may not be thankful for the circumstance, but you can be thankful in the circumstance. Because God is always faithful. God is always good. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He has sent His Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of you, to give you power. You, you have everything that you need. You have everything that you need. For some of us, we just need to activate it. We need to renew our mind to the promises of God so that we can live joyful, so that we can live thankful, so that we can live aware of His presence. Amen. So Lord, today we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You, Lord, that we don't have to wonder in so many 
in so many scenarios and so many places in your word, you've told us what your will is for our lives. And in this specific area, I thank you, Lord, that you're calling us to something higher, to a life of joy, to a life of prayer, to a life of thankfulness, that when people would look at our lives, they would, that they would be intrigued, that they would be drawn to our faith in you because we're always joyful. We never stop praying. We're thankful in every circumstance. And Lord, today I pray as we sing this last song that you would draw every person who needs prayer for anything in their life. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today in such a real way that you would bring to the surface what needs to be brought to the surface, that you would reveal yourself to every person individually today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.